Hey everyone, big news, cool news, take advantage of what I'm about to say. Ella Acoustics is offering four training certification grants for the second year in a row now, and everyone knows they have great sounding rigs. They've revolutionized Pro Audio with their line source systems, and now it's your big chance to take advantage of our partnership. So they're giving away four certification grants so you can get credentialed on their unbelievable gear. And one of the things about L Acoustics is they've been committed to using the scientific method from the get-go to shape their innovations. So don't miss this. For more information, go to soundgirls.org and type in grant in the search bar. All the details about who's eligible are there. You're listening to the Soundgirls podcast. This episode is part of an ongoing series with the Living History Project. The Soundgirls Living History Project is a collection of interviews with audio industry veterans. The project seeks to highlight the careers and achievements of women and underrepresented groups in audio. Interviews are conducted by Soundgirls members with guidance from experienced interviewers in the audio industry. The oral history interviews are typically unedited and will be archived in their original form. The Soundgirls podcast is sponsored by QSC. All right, we're off. Welcome to the Sound Girls Living History Project. And today we have the wonderful, wonderful Lenise Bent. Uh, it's such an honor to see you here, Lenise. And um, I'm, I'm so happy to uh, do this interview on behalf of Sound Girls. My name is Aline Bruins uh, from the Netherlands, and it's a complete honor. Um, so, Lenise, um, you have a beautiful legacy already because uh, you you keep you keep going on which is wonderful which we love don't stop (laughs) that's the loving part i'm still exactly exactly (laughs) don't stop (laughs) but you have such a beautiful legacy already within music and also audio post-production um can you um uh, tell us how you got started Certainly. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm quite honored. I'm very proud to be a a sound girl and have for many years. And I encourage all of you out there to become sound girls, men and women. Exactly. Exactly. Everybody can be a sound girl. Exactly. Yes. So, um, and so good to see you again, Anini. Yeah, it's nice. We met already in in Amsterdam last year. A year ago, and that was so much fun. And so what a treat to be interviewed by you. This means a lot. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's so nice to hear. (laughs) Yes, that's true. So uh, really been looking forward to this. So um, I started out, uh, well, I grew up in Los Angeles, which is not far from Hollywood. So I had um, a could be a bit of an advantage in that respect. Um, mm-hmm. My family was musical. They weren't professional, but loved music. And we played music a lot. My brothers and I were um, in youth orchestra growing up. I played the flute and mm-hmm. uh, also studied piano. And uh, then we had an advantage here because of being near Hollywood. Um, that uh, I went to work at a very tender, at the very tender age of eight years old, I started working in the Screen Children's Guild, which was uh, 
a way a, a child labor actually it was uh, <laughs> <laughs> um something you could do here my um parents signed my um younger brother and i um up for the screen children's guild so we could have a little extra money that we had six kids in the family and and uh you know um this really would help out so um my brother Richard and I were in the Screen Children's Guild, which was an organization that, um, you know, they would cue the children. They would bring in children for backgrounds or occasionally there's a speaking part or whatever. We weren't um, official actors, but a lot of official actors came out of that. Sure. Um, we didn't stick to it that long, but um, yeah. we did it for about three or four years. And uh, what happened with that was um, being exposed to television and film production right there on the set. And I was, I was absolutely hooked and um, loved film and loved TV, but it kind of ruined how you watch TV. None of our little friends oh, yeah. <laughs> watch TV or movies with us because we'd always say, oh, look, her purse is on her other shoulder in this scene. Or, you know, <laughs> we would notice all these sort of things. And, and, um, and so we weren't any fun to watch TV or films with. <laughs> Nobody I, would I'm, take you to the cinemas. <laughs> yeah, I'm still kind of like that. I, if a, if a, show isn't really well written or uh or the film isn't really well written or it's a, not a you know a, a strong storyline or whatever I'll, I'll just start going to work and looking around for and hearing sound effects and doing things oh, like yeah. that and and um it's not so much fun for others you create uh, an extra sense to it of course during yeah, that yeah yeah well you yeah it's uh you know there aren't a lot of secrets about it anymore but anyway so my brother and I started out in that and also my oldest brother uh, worked at uh, an electronics store when he was 16 and he would bring home um, amplifiers and pieces of radio gear and whatever to work on and I was about three at that point and one of my earliest memories. I was just so fascinated with all this equipment and gear and the, the smell of vacuum tubes, but you know, uh, valves as you call them in England. Yeah. But um, when he would fire up one of these to work on it, uh, just that smell, even to this day, is one of my most favorite and comforting smells. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> from my early days. And uh, so I was exposed to that um, that early on, as well as always being totally into music and uh, having older brothers and sisters. I was the youngest. Um, I heard a lot of rock and roll and a lot of music uh, that my other little friends who didn't have older brothers and sisters didn't hear they were still playing their little children's records and yeah. um yeah. and i was hearing other something else and very much into it um even before yeah. i went to school so um all of these things elements uh kind of came together 
at a certain point when I was in high school, um, uh, I was studying film in high school. We were able yeah. to do that. And yeah. I had a boyfriend who was um, a singer in a band. Lots of people had bands back then. Um, this was in the um, mid, oh, late 60s. And um, uh, he had a guitar player who became an engineer, sound engineer for a very famous at the time and you know iconic to this day um, producer songwriter performer named Leon Russell. Yeah, he was a, a member of the Wrecking Crew as well, which is the famous Hollywood uh, session players who played on all the great records with the Beach Boys and. Mamas and the Papas and Sonny and Cher and wow. film scores and all of that. Well, he was one of the keyboard players of the Wrecking Crew as well, but um, very popular at that time. And I was a huge fan. And I guess I was, um, uh, yeah, I was in either in my last year of high school or first year of college. Yeah, I went to college and high school at the same time, so they kind of. Oh. Blend. Yeah, mangled a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I got fed up with high school. So I <laughs> yeah. so they they compromised and put me in college in the afternoons if I promised to go to high school in the morning. So I Oh wow. So I did go up sometimes. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah something important I want to share with people too. It's not always about being a good student to nope. succeed. Sometimes that system doesn't work for all of us. Um, so you have to uh, find what does and um, actually going to college in the afternoon helped tremendously um, because high school for me just wasn't my happy place at all. Uh, it didn't challenge me, mm -hmm. um, the requirements and all of that. So. Uh, it's okay is what I'm telling people. It's not for everyone. And no, so true. don't think there's anything wrong with you because yeah. it doesn't work out. And, and, um, yeah, exactly. And you don't fail if you move exactly. on that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, just because that's the system doesn't mean that's for everyone. So exactly. Yeah. Um, that was something I wanted to be able to, to be sure to share, which I haven't yes. shared in any other interview. No, but that's that's also important. I think that's that's a real life lesson because uh, people can get can get hung up on because it's it should be like that. It should go yeah. like that. You, uh, well, that's what they're told, and if and if you don't. If it doesn't work for you, then you think there's something wrong with you. And in actual fact, um, that's that's not necessarily the case. Yeah. And uh, um, so it's okay if that doesn't work out. There are other ways to succeed. Yeah. And um, having a vision and being driven is is an important thing. And not letting a system hold you back or oppress you um, yeah. uh, isn't the way to go no, no no true and and but then you were also um how how did your family cope with that because 
interesting two studies. Well, um, by the time I came around, I have a sister who's 16 years older than I am. So, uh, and so there's a big stretch in between there. There's two, three sections of two kids each. So um, being the youngest, uh, by the time I came around and my father was, uh, my parents were a little older than most of my friends' parents by that point. And so actually I didn't get a lot of attention, which was, um, you know, I thought that was, you know, kind of bad sort of at the time. I wanted more attention. However, because they weren't helicopter parents or whatever, I was free to do a whole lot of stuff that they weren't really aware of, um, which was the nice thing too. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> I had a lot more freedom. Uh, yeah. And so, uh, but I was, I was trying to do the right thing. And so I was in, in going to college and um, during that time uh, is when my boyfriend's guitar player, Roger, got this job as Leon Russell's recording engineer. And back in those days, very few people had home studios. You know, they cost a lot of money and took up a lot of real estate the big consoles and the big tape machines and all the oh, outboard yeah. gear and all of that. And you had to have a fair amount of money um, to be able to create that in your home. And uh, it was typically uh, worth it just to book a studio. Um, yeah, exactly. Because it was uh, such a enormous commitment both financially mm -hmm. and and space-wise yeah. and um so uh this was a rare thing and i had done a lot of movie things and um uh, was familiar with production sound and and all of that and studying film and i was going in that direction studying at usc as long as well as uh cal state university long beach had a really good television and film and radio production program back then. Yeah. So I was going along those lines and Roger said, wow, I got this job at Leon Russell's house. And I was an enormous fan and loved his music and had seen him perform many times. And, you know, was just you know, blown away. Like, ah. yeah. And, I, and, he goes, <laughs> and he goes, you should come over and see the studio. And I went, whoa. <laughs> Um, sure. Um, I was, uh, I was somewhat interested in seeing a recording studio, but of course I was much more interested in particularly <laughs> meeting Leon Russell and actually going to his house and all of that was, you know, was wow. pretty huge. So, yeah. um, that day after school, um, I drove out to Leon's house, which was, uh, no, it was in a, suburb of Los Angeles called Encino, which mm -hmm. is um, in the San Fernando Valley and it's a nice area. And, and so uh, I drove over there and, and um, rang the doorbell and, and Leon actually answered his own doorbell and I almost <laughs> fainted. And because um, really I didn't expect that at all, you know, uh, famous rich people have staff and things you know they have people who do that sort of thing for them but Leon actually answered his own door and um and I was 
totally blown away. And he and he said with his uh, uh, Oklahoma drawl, he goes, "Oh, you must be Roger's friend. Come on in." <laughs> and and I and I oh, so oh, I walked in, oh. and um, I but I hear this amazing music going on to to my right, and um, and it's all of these voices. Uh, it's uh, turned out to be. Uh, 21 tracks of background vocals by uh, Leon's wife, Mary McCrary. Um, uh, At that time, I don't think they were married yet, but uh, she was singing all of the, it was like angels were singing. It was just so beautiful. It was from a song called Hideaway from an album they were working on called Will of the Wisp. And and if you want to ever hear the angels that I was listening to, it's about, Two minutes, 40 seconds, it starts um, in that song. And, and you can just hear these voices. And uh, they were playing them back to see how they were. Because uh, uh, Leon had a Stevens 40-track tape machine, which was also quite unusual. Only three were made, from what I understand. Oh, wow. and, and Mr. Stevens had one, and Leon had one, and I don't know where the other one went but um so he could have 21 tracks of background vocals and oh, wow. so i walked in to follow the voices and i walk into what was supposed to be a dining room but was had been converted into a control room and roger was in there at the console which i don't recall straight away what it was it could have been an mci or Sony or something. I don't know what it was. No. All I know is that I saw it. I heard the voices. Uh, I saw the speakers. I saw the outboard gear. I saw the tape machine. And I just felt um, like this is it. I had my epiphany, my aha moment. And I knew this is what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And uh, I just said to Roger, show me how to work this. And the next day I, uh, I dropped out of university and I found a recording school, which was not easy back in the day. Um, nobody did that. You, you pretty much learned how to engineer mm-hmm. as, uh, at a studio at that point by following somebody around and, you know, um, starting from the bottom. Yeah. (laughs) Mentoring. And, um, but there weren't a lot of schools that taught that sort of thing, but I found one, uh, signed up and then went home and told my parents what I'd done. (laughs) And what, and my father, who was a Dean of an, uh, aerospace university, Northrop university, um, he wanted all his kids to go to college because he didn't get to, yet he was smart enough um, to actually um, become a, an instructor and an eventual dean of this university. And so it was very important that all his kids get a college yeah. degree. And of course here I'm dropping out of university to go to a tech school, which back then was kind of frowned upon by a lot of people however he got it he understood yeah 
and actually the school that he was dean of was very much like a recording school, only it was to teach um, aerospace um, engineering and mechanics and and train people on how to um, build and maintain airplanes and jets and bombers and things like that. Mm. So it was very similar to what yeah. I was going into. And so he understood and, and he gave me his blessing, which was oh, yeah. great because I was going to really do it great. anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So it just worked out really well that he was supportive. And also I saved him a ton of money because recording schools were a lot cheaper than university too. Oh yeah. Um, but and, uh, and, and you made the right choice. Well, for me, it, for me it was because there was no other way I knew how to learn how to do this um, because you didn't have programs like you have today. No. Um, which no. you know that's good and bad in my yeah. book a little bit um but um so uh i signed up and i started this school uh sound masters recording school um which was uh upstairs in this building on hollywood boulevard and it was just um uh, like lecture hall an mm -hmm. empty room and uh, there were 50 guys and me, I'm oh, the yeah. only girl, but I didn't care. I didn't even think about that. You know, I have three brothers, so, you know, I'm, I've always been comfortable around guys. So it's, yeah. um, so that's really important too. You know, just, yeah. you know, I didn't, it never occurred to me that girls couldn't do this. Yeah. I think it never came up in my head. Of course, of course. Even back then, it, even though, you know, if, if there was a lot of bias towards certain things. Um, uh, when I was in the seventh grade, um, they had the people take these aptitude tests to see what you were good at. And, mm -hmm. um, and I, back then I was painting and drawing and I wanted to be an artist and I was more on the creative side and and music and all of these sort of things and and my test came back saying that I was um, I would make a good engineer oh, and wow. I was kind of horrified and and like <laughs> friends and you know um, schoolmates made fun of me Oh, really? Yeah, because of, yeah because like, of ooh, you know, what, ooh, what a dorky thing to do, or, you know, and, and I was, uh, yeah, they made fun of me, oh, wow. because I um, could be an engineer. These days, I don't think that happens, and that certainly better not happen, but it had an impact on me, and, um, you know, clearly that wasn't, not only was that something girls didn't do, but... I was weird because I could do that. Yeah. Uh, and I was, a, I was embarrassed and, mm -hmm. and uh, that's wrong. Of that course, shouldn't yeah. have happened. I wish yeah. that hadn't happened. Um, yeah. And I want to just make sure that um, people know that that's 
that doesn't have to happen and it better not happen now dag nabbit yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. yeah. Some are fighting no, words. Of course. Yeah. 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 So um uh and it never occurred to me till um later because um my siblings went into they all went to university, but they studied a variety of things. Like my my sister was an artist, uh, you know, got her degree and in art and my brother got his degree in psychology and mm-hmm. and another brother did and my uh, one of my brothers became a, a technical writer and and a journalist and, oh, wow. and uh, uh and then i did this in my so i dropped out of university and went to this school and and my oldest brother said well dad finally got his engineer <laughs> And uh, yeah, yeah. He, he always wanted one of them to go into to that. engineering. Yeah, in fact, one of my brothers did go to Northrop University for a while for aerospace engineering. Oh. And um, and uh, how cool that his youngest his youngest daughter gets to be. Yeah, he it never occurred to him that I would be the one. Yeah, you know. and also not just an engineer, but within music within film mm-hmm. i mean it's it's so it all just came to, it all yeah but, you know all those different things growing up that uh appealed to me um that are supported a little more now like um i used to get upset at christmas time that uh uh my brothers would get when we were young, they would, they would get models or, you know, they could build models, model cars and model airplanes, mm-hmm. uh, model guns. They were always, you know, building things. The smell of glue and paint was always yeah. around. I, I really, <laughs> I really liked. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and I wouldn't get those things. Mm-hmm. I remember I got a, uh, a doll for Christmas, which in, in this, and I just, in this it buggy and yeah. I'm, I'm probably four or five years old and I just I didn't know what I was supposed to, it didn't resonate with me where my yeah. two older sisters had doll collections and you know the doll clothes and played dolls and all of that and I was just kind of eh, you know I, yeah, I like to work for me <laughs> I never um never had that that uh, desire um, no. to to do that and um, uh, I wanted to build models and I yeah. wanted to um, do more of the things that my my brothers got to do and as they got older they got these things called uh, Heathkit was the company where you could build an amplifier or a pre-amplifier yeah. for a turntable or um you know some piece of electronic equipment and i was just like fascinated by that and um but that wasn't something a girl got yeah exactly and and i was much younger than they were too so um but when i was be playing my flute in orchestra i started about eight yeah uh, eight years old 
and uh, I used to love to take it apart and put it back together, which which horrified my mother. <laughs> Don't um, do that. Like, um, what what would happen if I didn't get it back right? You know, mm-hmm. but um, uh, I just thinking about it now. I just what a fun, neat feeling it was to take all those things off and yeah. then put them back together. And there's there's all these See how it works and. Uh... <laughs> The yeah. Behind it. yeah, and I, I did it several times. It was just a fun thing to do for me. Oh, wow. And they finally um, started getting me some models to build and, you know, to keep me quiet. And um, uh, old uh, classic cars is yeah. what the, I would build. And oh, wow. really enjoyed that, you know. Oh, that's cool. That's yeah, cool. So, so finally that was going along, but... Um, and it had nothing to do with being a boy or a girl. No, it was just My interest. Head. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I was a bit of a tomboy, but I was also into fashion and I was yeah. into, you know, music yeah. and. Yeah, exactly. And, and designing clothes. I, I used to design my own clothes and sew them starting at like 10 years old. Oh, and, wow. um, and love working the. the, the sewing machine would take that apart too (laughs) and so anyway the the reason I'm saying all these things was that um these were uh just parts of who I was growing up um that didn't necessarily go with the you know uh, image of what uh, young girls were supposed to be mm-hmm. interested in and doing and back then it was still pretty separated you know yeah. um so um you had some sort yeah a certain way you should go as, as yeah yeah you were expected to to do these things and um so uh, I managed to fulfill my interests on my own terms a little bit, yeah. um, but um, can you can you tell us something about your first tape record? I heard, I I think I heard or read in an interview that when you were eight years old, you got a tape oh yeah from yeah see exactly oh yeah um, <laughs> I would go with my dad to. Um, there was a department store called Sears and he would go to this store to buy the film for his, um, his camera. And in the camera department, film department in the glass case, they had just the cutest little reel to reel tape recorder. The reels were like three and a half inches big. And, um, those were popular for uh, uh, spoken word and, and writing letters to send, you know, before there were cassettes yeah, and before it, 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 anything it, 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 else. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and actually, I had an uncle, it goes back before then, what, what kind of triggered this. Um, I had a wonderful uncle uh, who was. Um, a really good musician. He was Americana bluegrass. He played uh, banjo and played uh, traditional roots music on his Martin guitar. 
and um, he would come visit and uh, he would bring his reel-to-reel tape. He had a big reel-to-reel tape machine that he could do sound on sound with. And, um, and my mother and my aunt used to sing on the radio a little bit and they always sang together. And so he would record them on that. And I was just fascinated with his tape machine. And I, I have his tape machine. He passed away several years ago, sadly, but, um, uh, I have that tape machine. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, um, so I was fascinated with that. I would say by the, you know, I was like four, five years old. And so that was the beginning of that. So when I was, um, going to be eight years old when I was seven I would see this little tape machine I'd go with my dad to the store just so I could look at that tape machine and I wanted that tape machine so bad I was sick you know like when you're little kids when you really want something really bad it, yeah. you know oh, yeah. I, I you just <laughs> I was just obsessed with this thing and thank goodness the birthday fairies or whatever for my eighth birthday I got that tape machine oh, and, awesome. Uh, my cousin and I would you know we'd record uh, shows off the television we'd do little plays we'd sing songs we record we did all sorts of stuff um, oh, so and just, good. I had so much fun with it and I have no idea what happened to it I'm it's like, this you know, oh. it occurred to me much like, whatever happened to that? Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, I would play with that up until I was like a, you know, preteen or 12, yeah. 13 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. And um, uh, that was really, you know, important. And, yeah. um, and I was going to hear a lot of live music early on too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, one of the joys of not having parents who were really paying a lot of attention to me. I could <laughs> go out and hear music with yeah. friends. And um, uh, we had some really good clubs not far uh, when I was like 15 or 16. Um, a fr- one of my best friends, she and I really loved um blues music and roots music and there was a club called the lighthouse not far mm-hmm. from us and we could ride our bike there oh, and that's cool. wednesday nights was ladies night and um so we could get in for a dollar and okay. <laughs> uh and because they served food we were allowed to go in and we would hear like mose allison who's great um jazz singer pianist um and uh sunny terry and brownie mcgee and and just we'd hear jazz we'd hear uh all sorts of things and then down the street this was in um by the beach in hermosa beach Mm -hmm. and um then on the after the first session of uh first set at the the lighthouse we could ride our bikes down to concerts by the sea which is uh on the pier you know about a 10 minute bike ride and uh i I saw bb king i saw willie bobo i saw people like that there and then then 
we could ride our bikes back for the last set, like around 10 or 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> and, um, and that's when the, the beatniks came out who used to oh, hang yeah. out at the, at the beach back in the fifties and would go to those sort of beatnik type clubs and would hear jazz and beat music. And uh, so we could, we saw those people and, um, and then I ride my bike home and oh, they didn't wow. really know what I was. What an awesome there. time. What a great time. What yeah. So learn. Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of music to see people perform. Yeah. And um, uh, I was passionate about that. To watch the rest of the episode, you can go to the Sound Girls YouTube page or to soundgirls.org. Thank you for listening to the Sound Girls podcast, sponsored by QSC. Join us next week on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, Google, or wherever you find your podcasts. For more information, check out our website at soundgirls.org. Looking for more audio-related podcasts? Check out our friends at the Audio Podcast Alliance. To see all of the other podcasts in the Alliance, make sure to visit audiopodcast.org.